You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you on this uh, late Monday or Tuesday morning episode, depending when you are listening. And I think Croc and I off the air decided we're going to go on Croc Talk TV, Croc's YouTube page live, and break down a play that is floating around 49ers uh, film heads today and uh, a throw that maybe Jimmy Garoppolo missed. And we'll break this down and see how we feel about Jimmy G and this one potentially big, potentially game-breaking play that ended up going the other way for the Colts late in that football game. Uh, at BD Peacock on Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker. That's where these questions came in for most of today's program. little therapy session, Croc. A lot of fans needed to vent to us. There's been a ton of things. Apologies to those we don't get to. And we'll, we'll, we're not going to paint a, a rosy picture if the rosy picture is not there, but we're going to try to maybe find some bright sides, right, Croc, in some of this stuff. The 49ers season's not done. Kyle Shanahan said as much in his Monday press conference today. And it's not. You know, he, he's right, and he talked about how, you know, he was sitting at three and six one time at the bye, and, real, you know, they won seven straight games with RG3 and made the playoffs. And I look at the situation right now, and it does seem bad because it's like, gosh, what what can we lean on, right? Like, what, what are the 49ers going to lean on? Uh, there's no identity with the team, and there's no direction with the team right now. And there's a war within the quarterback room. But they do sit at two and four, and like he said, you you – Win a couple of games, you beat the Bears, and you win. I think it's what Arizona. After that, you're at 500, and you're probably <laughs> you're probably a seventh seed at that point with the way the bottom of the NFC is going right now. And, and and I get that's not the sexy thing, but can you build onto that? And I think that's what would be intriguing, and that's probably what he's shooting for right now. Yeah, it's interesting you say that about the playoff race because I was talking about that this morning on the Peacock and Williamson show. Is the NFC is really breaking apart into some really good teams and some bad teams. There's only, there is only two teams. Actually, let me put it this way. There's only one team that's not a division winner right now. That's above 500. And that is the Los Angeles Rams, unless the saints win tonight, then the saints would be the first above 500 team or the second above 500 team that's not a division leader. So there's a big gap between, you know, 6-1 and one Tampa, who's going to run away with the division. The Cardinals and Rams, who are going to be 1-2 and two in the West, I think that's pretty clear, even if the 49ers go on a run. Dallas Cowboys, way ahead, 5-1 and one in the East. The next team is 2-5, and five, right? So the 49ers, really for that last wild card spot, are battling with the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, who are 3-3, three and three, the Panthers, who are 3-4, and four, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, who are 3-3. Three and three. You know, and I mean, maybe the Bears would jump into this, but the Bears would have to beat the 49ers. And at that point, like, the, then you got really got to start thinking about things if you're the 49ers. So the playoff picture is not impossible because all the other middle of the NFC teams are all losing and having a really bad stretch right now. Yeah. And I mean, I think for Kyle Shanahan, that's what you hope. Hey, keep losing. You know, hopefully these, these teams keep struggling, and I'm pretty sure he's trying to find his footing with his squad and dig them out of that. But again, I think the bigger, the biggest difference between the 49ers and some of the other teams are they probably have their identity and they know what direction they're heading in. They're just trying to build on that. Right now, the 49ers team just in this really weird space where there's so much up in the air with the personnel. And I think that's, that's a big issue. And that Monday Night Football game 
hasn't happened yet as we're recording this Monday night. It's about to kick off there. And at this point, for the 49ers playoffs, you, you almost are rooting for the Seahawks in this game, right? Because I think there's a better chance that you're battling with the New Orleans Saints for playoff seeding at the end of the year than the Seahawks. And if you can't beat the Seahawks without Russell Wilson anyway, then the 49ers don't deserve to be battling for a playoff spot. So it's kind of a it's kind of an oddball situation for the 49ers right now so early in the year because I don't think the Seahawks are going anywhere. And I think even though that would put the 49ers by themselves in last place in the West, it might be better for their playoff chances if the Seahawks actually beat the Saints. Yeah, you need to keep everybody kind of hovering around that same area mm-hmm. and hopefully you can get things together and start, you know, putting together some wins, stacking some wins together. I'm not going to go as far as to tell 49ers fans out there to go root for the Seahawks on Monday Night Football, but it'll make it feel better if the Seahawks do win on Monday Night Football. Let's put it that way. I don't think they're going to. Kyle Shanahan with his Monday presser on the phone before we get to some questions here. He said some interesting things. First of all, he said that Garoppolo played his worst game. And the fans aren't giving cutting Jimmy any slack. It sounds like Shanahan's not cutting Jimmy any slack for the weather. And I think he deserves a little bit of slack, honestly, for the weather. And Wentz, too. Some balls were popping out. But Wentz made plays and Jimmy didn't. So that's the thing. Is they were both, both those quarterbacks were playing in the same conditions. And one guy made plays and one guy didn't. And the guy that didn't is Jimmy G. I mean, he, he acknowledged the weather a little bit, saying that, you know, Wentz, too, with some of the throws that he made, you could see the ball kind of squared out of his hand, and it wasn't perfect. The elements had something to do with it, but I do think he, like us, saying at the end of the day, like, both quarterbacks are dealing with the same elements, and one ended up coming out on top as opposed to the other one coming out with an L, and he would rather be on the other side of it. He also said, we didn't go into the game thinking Jimmy was one bad play or one bad game away from losing his job. He says, we know Trey's the future, still trying to get him prepared and all that stuff, but it sounds like he's not convinced he's going to go with Trey. He's got to figure out if Trey can even practice on Wednesday when the team reconvenes on the practice field, still figuring out that kind of stuff. Um, so essentially, if Jimmy played his worst game, it doesn't matter because Jimmy wasn't one bad game away from not being the starter anymore. So it sounds like still leaning Jimmy G to be the starter if you're reading between the lines there. But a healthy Trey Lance, I mean, at this point, and we asked the question before, after Trey's first start, right? And the question was, is rookie, bad, raw, erratic Trey Lance even that much worse than your average Jimmy G we've seen this year? And I don't think it is. So I don't think you're hurting your chances in the win column even that much going to the rookie. That's what I think. Yeah. And I think that's the, the conclusion a lot of people, including like Dante Whitner and Joe Staley and some of those guys. Uh, we've heard Steve Young talk about it. Like, uh, we're not alone in thinking that, Croc. And it's not really an anti-Jimmy stance. It's just like, man, you know, by week 10, maybe Trey Lance is just flat out better anyway. So let's let's see what the kid's got. And he, he's really not that much worse right now. Yeah, and it, it is crazy to hear everybody be so – I don't, I don't want to say critical – of Jimmy Garoppolo, but you know, just to hear the former NFL players, former teammate Joe Staley, and how he came out and was just like, "You got, you got to play the rookie." Basically, that's what he's saying in so many words, and it seems like he's trying to be respectful of his former teammate. But he, there's something missing with Garoppolo, and it's clear to Joe Staley, it's clear to the fan fan base, but it's not clear to the person that matters most, and that's Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan also said. 
when asked about when do you start playing younger players who need experience, like how bad does the season have to get? And Shanahan basically said, once you're eliminated from the playoffs, mathematically, mathematical elimination is when you start to play guys just for experience. And he said they aren't close to that. And he told that story about um, his team that went from three and six and, and won the division at 10 and six. So, yeah, they, the 49ers absolutely have talent. They can go on a run. You get Kittle back and whether it's Garoppolo or Trey Lance this team could win some games and there's some winnable games on the schedule they don't forget they still have teams like the Texans and um I think the Jaguars, Jaguars are still on yeah. there I mean come on are the Jets on there too oh no no Jets no Jets so yeah the Bears I, I mean, think the Bears they, looked awful they looked they look awful. so bad <laughs> against the Bucks on this Sunday reminds too. me of week one and week two, right? right? Where we were saying, if there's any good time to get Trey Lance in there and start to get that rhythm and that, it's week one and week two. And Jimmy Garoppolo did not play well week two, right? He didn't play well. Everybody's eating up the Lions. And maybe if you play Trey Lance, it doesn't look like what it ultimately did with the 41 points, but you probably still win and just never take your foot off the break, right? Maybe you win by, you know, a field goal, or maybe you win by seven, but you, you were likely going to win that game just because of how bad they were, Right. And, and when you play against the Eagles, even if, if if Trey Lance plays just like Jimmy, which wasn't great, you still win. But now you got two games and you're kind of building that momentum going into these other games. And and I bet against the Cardinals, where the defense played great in that moment, Trey Lance would have been he likely would have been in theory better for those early games and maybe pull out a game that really was extremely winnable. Now you look at a game like this against the Bears, and this is another one of those games where you're looking at it like, this is a good game to play Trey Lance. Now, they do have a good defense. They do. But with how stagnant their offense probably will be, because that is how kind of uh, uh, Justin Fields is playing right now, and it's not like just clicking all the way, this is a great opportunity to be able to get your rookie on the field and give them that experience and hopefully pull out a win, and you're heading in the right direction. And and, and down the line, he, again, he'll be better for this start. But Kyle's not thinking that. All right, it's time to open up this Locked On 49ers mailbag, a little therapy sesh, let some of the fans vent. That is coming up next. You know, this Get Upside app is pretty cool, an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside, my listeners, are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. I downloaded it. It works. It's really cool. It tells you what gas stations are partners and promo code touchdown get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up really easy to use and you don't have to pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back using get upside just download the app for free and use promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank some people who drive a lot are making as much as two three hundred dollars a month in cash back and there's no catch the cash back gets added right to your account Cash out anytime uh, to your bank account, PayPal, an e-gift card, whatever. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Thanks for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. You know, we've got you covered on all things 49ers, but the trade deadline right around the corner. Don't miss our live NFL trade deadline show right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Reaction to every move, plus a second half season preview, and much more. Catch the show live from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. That is noon for us over here on the West Coast. November 2nd, 
on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. I want to start this off with my guy, Kruger. He says, question for the pod. How much might it help Kyle if he handed off play calling duties to better focus on game and team management? Ultimately, all penalties, bad technique, lack of big picture strategy, etc. fall under his responsibility. He should give it all a little more attention. Also, y'all notice that outside Detroit and Green Bay games, they basically have one genuinely successful scoring drive per half. Yesterday, both were TDs, same versus Philly. In Arizona, it was one TD, one inch short of a second touchdown. But that's it for an offensive head coach. Um, That's tough. And there's a few other listeners out there who mentioned, you know, should maybe Kyle Shanahan give up play calling duties? I think it was, yeah, I have one from Alfonso. Assuming Shanahan is still the play caller, should he give that up? And give it to Mike McDaniel, who is the quote-unquote offensive coordinator now. His play his play calling has come into question, and he himself has said he hasn't been able to get into a rhythm. What do you think? Hand over play calling duties for Kyle Shanahan. No, because this isn't a this isn't a head co- uh, offensive coordinator that came in with a different philosophy, but then learned under Kyle Shanahan. This is a guy who has been groomed by Kyle Shanahan. So however Kyle Shanahan sees the game, this guy sees the game that same way. So I don't think that it would change much. Now, if this was, if it was like a veteran office coordinator that he brought in and that coordinator had a way of certain, you know, doing certain things and Kyle Shanahan maybe brought in some of his philosophies, but maybe they in theory kind of think different naturally, then it would make more sense to pull the play calling duties. But right now, I don't think it'd make a difference. What I think it's the opposite should be done. He needs to hire somebody to come in and help him. Because, like, look, the reason you hire Kyle Shanahan is to be the offensive guy and run the offense. And if he's not coordinating your offense, then why did you hire Kyle Shanahan and why is he your head coach? What he needs to do would be the opposite and hire somebody to help him out with game management stuff, like during the game, on the field, in his headset, standing right next to him, whatever it is, because he has been bad in some of those, and we saw it. On uh, there was a there was a communication problem with the with the challenge flag from last night, but then there's just been bad like timeouts and game management and clock management and when to go for it. Like he's been bad in that regard. He needs to bring someone in to help him with that more than he needs to give up play calling. And yeah, him and McDaniel are hand in hand, and they're putting together the game plan all week. So it wouldn't really be that different, except for you know, especially the script would probably be exactly the same most weeks. They might turn out different. And uh, to be honest, maybe that's maybe during the game there needs to be some situations where maybe McDaniel sees something and does call some plays and is empowered to do a little bit more. But I mean, as far as coordinating your offense, it's got to be Kyle Shanahan. That's why you hired him. And if he's not doing that, he probably shouldn't be your head coach. Well, that was the twenty what two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, fourteen, forty nine is right where. Uh, different guys called different plays depending on where the 49ers were uh, on the field. So maybe that is something that they can incorporate. But but with how kind of stubborn Kyle Shanahan is, I can't see him I don't giving see him an inch of yeah. that. No, and he'd, he'd uh, probably look at you crazy. It was the Falcons last year had um, they like did some uh, rock paper scissors for it was, it was Jeff Ulbrich and uh, was it oh, who's the other? I'm blanking on. He's, Manual, uh, they were they were switching positions. They were like one, they were basically one called run plays and one called one one called like first and second down and one called third down or something basically. Well, well, okay. So I was talking about something else with the Falcons. Remember, they they were just doing so bad and they were in kind of this real bad tailspin. So then they basically like put like the positions or whatever in a hat, and then whatever one you pulled out, you would you'll be coaching that position. <laughs> I didn't hear that one. I was talking about the defensive it, it coordinator's wasn't to that play extent, calling, but it was it was along those lines of it was either like they like did the 
straw and whoever had the shortest one. It was something like that where <laughs> like something crazy where they were all coaching different positions that they had never really coached before. I don't even know what the point of it was and what they were trying to do, but that's a, that's like a real thing that happened. That's that's pretty amazing. I, I That one slipped by me. I, I missed that one. I can't believe it. Actually, here's one that, that goes toward Kyle Shanahan's play calling. And, and Kyle Shanahan isn't a funk play calling wise. I, he is. I, I think that's pretty clear right now. I think the quarterback thing might have gotten to him a little bit. He's in his own head maybe. Um, so here's a quote from Darius Leonard, Colts linebacker after the game, said, they did a great job, especially on the first drive of misdirection runs and putting us in bad positions to make plays. I was glad they kind of went away from that. That's interesting. And a lot points too. 49ers playing really well when the plays are scripted. And after the script is over, things aren't going as well for the 49ers. It, it does really seem like, first I was like, that's eh, not really, that can't be that. But it does really seem like that's the way things are going for Kyle Shanahan's offense. Well, I didn't hear it. And in, in, so, yeah, but I heard somebody say Kyle Shanahan kind of mentioned how he's kind of, in so many words, he's been in a kind of a rut with his play calling, like out of rhythm. So maybe that yeah, has something I, to do I don't know if it. he said said necessarily that he was out of a rhythm, but it's just that the offense is out of a rhythm. And he always talks about how you need to be good on first and second down, and then you that makes it easy on third down. And then when you're moving the sticks, then everything else gets easier because things are working. And he always talks about that, but it's like, yeah, of course it's easier when you get a first down, but you got to get a first down first before you can have a first down before things get easier. Right. So it's almost like a <laughs> chicken or the egg thing. I was like, well, what do you mean? You got to have a first down before things could get easier when you get a first down. So go get a first down first. Hey, I don't know if you saw it uh, yesterday during the game. It was at some point in the third quarter and they got a first down and they just did their normal thing, huddled up, whatever. And I was like, does Kyle Shanahan ever go tempo? And my, my best friend, my brother Donald, like he loves tempo. We do that a lot with like seven on seven where if we get a first down, like right away, he'll go tempo and it, you know, it simplifies the defense, the offense gets in the rhythm and you kind of go fast. And finally on the three place scoring drive, this was probably about, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes after I had tweeted, did the 49ers ever go tempo? They went tempo and they yeah. scored a touchdown. You know and what? people I are like, wow, you just called it. And like, we never see that happen. I think I remember you talking about that. I don't know if it was off the air or if it was on Croc Talk TV, or if it was on our podcast last night. Everything's getting all mixed up. I remember I you mentioning that. And yeah, it, it worked on that next drive, too, and they got things going. You get a first down, boom, another first down. It's like uh, first downs are, um, like, I don't know, they sprout, first downs sprout babies, man. You got to get the first down, though, because what you don't want to do is come out and, like, oh, throw an incompletion. No, on the ball, on the ball, on the ball. Then you throw another one, then you run, and, it's, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, we got to print. Yeah. And uh, that was that was the Chip Kelly offense, right? right? Yeah, exactly. Where, like, how, how you, you have a 30-second drive, right? You don't want that. So what you do is you come out, boom, you get a first down. All right, let's go. We're on the ball. Let's go. You know what you're running. Quick, boom, five-yard gain. Okay, boom, get another hitter. Play action, misdirection. Get guys running sideways, and then, boom, hit the big shot, like, and it's like 49ers just don't ever do that. And it's it's really, I don't know, it's weird, especially for an offensive-minded guy like Shanahan. Layton says, to Crocker's point, after he listened to yesterday's podcast, maybe Shanahan needs to read Sun Tzu's Art of War in the offseason to take advantage of other teams' weaknesses. Mm, that's right. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't understand war. looking out there and you're on the sideline when you're when you're a coach on the sideline like the players are right in front of you if you see a guy kind of lumbering around because he's hurt like you see it you can tell if he's not moving well and it's like all right oh something wrong okay hey let's take this shot and it's like ah, nah so 
whatever the art of war is, he's missing that. And empower your players. And this is what we've talked about before where, you know, it's easier when you have a long-term quarterback working with receivers for a long time and your offensive coordinator for a long time and everyone's kind of on the same page. Have that ability where the quarterback can give a look to that receiver on that side and they kind of know he's like, yeah, okay, this this isn't a play call, but there's a thing here that we can do and we know it and nobody else does. And, and you can take advantage of those things. 49ers do not do that at all. Now, they did scheme up the, um, the big shot to Brandon Ayuk that uh, Jimmy's arm got hit. Uh, uh, Debo came through, made the catch. The mm-hmm. call holding on Dwelly. Ayu was like butt naked, right? Wide open, probably would have scored, <laughs> walked into the end zone. But, and that's cool. But he's like, is it, can we only get big shots when it's schemed up? And that was my thing, where it's like, like it. I get it. Like, you have a terrific scheme. But sometimes can you go outside of the scheme a little bit and do what just makes sense? This old guy is hurt. He's been one of the worst corners in the league. He can't play. Why aren't we really attacking him vertically while he's playing on one leg? And I get it. You could scheme up that big shot to Ayuk, and it'll work, and it'll probably be a touchdown. But that's not the only way that you have to give a big play. It doesn't. Everything doesn't have to be so schemed up. And that's probably why a lot of times the offense has been as stagnant as it has been. Slowski Slowski says, hypothetical, but could be a realistic trade with what's going on. Jimmy to the Jets for maybe a second-round pick, solid doing us a favor since Zach Wilson is out a while. No, no chance. No chance on that one. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy getting traded. And they just traded, too. They traded for Nick Foles, I believe it was. Or uh, not Foles, uh, excuse me, uh, 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 Flacco. The Jets just traded for Flacco? Yeah. Well, it's the second time that he's been a Jet, right? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's the type of player you you wouldn't be trading for someone to be over the top of Zach Wilson and and, and create the same situation the 49ers have with a veteran quarterback who's expensive and yeah, there's very few teams that Jimmy Garoppolo makes sense for and any trade value you'd be getting back would be very 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 little I think right now. But yeah, and even a team just taking on a salary would be hard cuz most teams don't have that much salary cap at this point. The time to trade Jimmy G was the last couple of Februarys basically. As a diehard 49ers fan, T. Campbell says, the problem is not at the quarterback position. Problem number one. You know, hold on. This, this is, this is, this is going to take too long. Let's hold off on this one. We'll get to Tim Campbell's. I don't know if he's Tim. He's T. Campbell. T. Campbell's question after this, he's got five bullet points that are not QB problems that he thinks are the problem with the 49ers and the rest of your questions. Finish up this mailbag episode next. Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web interface to start the basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. And of course, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the football action this weekend and this entire season, along with the NBA and NHL starting up. And you still got baseball playoffs going on, college football. Get involved in all of it and head over to Bet Online's new updated desktop or mobile websites. To sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Not only football, basketball, baseball, hockey, there's boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers, news, sports, at Bet Online available for the 2021 season. Promo code locked on to receive that welcome bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
Make sure your car is road ready for this winter season. Why pay 50 up to 100% more for the same parts or for maybe parts that aren't as good as the ones you can get because they can't have the same kind of stock in-house at some of these chain stores as you can find at rockauto.com. There are so many makes and models of cars and it's really impossible now for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Take control of some of these things. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. And you'd be surprised how easy it is to do some maintenance for your own car. Make sure you got jumper cables in there. Change those wiper blades before the winter hits so you can actually see out of your front windshield. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com all right croc you tell me if you're detecting lies here from our buddy t campbell on twitter he says as a diehard 49ers fan the problem is not at quarterback position problem number one no running backs problem number two no wide receivers problem number three no defensive backs Problem <laughs> Croc's face right now. We need to get on YouTube. You see Crocker's face. Problem number four, no creativ- creativity in play calling. Problem number five, an early exit and early vacation for the team this year. I will say that he got better as he kept going, but problem number one, let's start there. No running backs. Your running back just went 18 carries for 107 yards and a touchdown. Running back, and the previous week he play, he ran well, and the week before that, Sermon had almost 100 yards on the ground. Running back is not the problem at all. At all. Number two, no wide receivers. What do you think, Crop? Well, you have Debo Samuel, who's one of the top yardage guys in the league right now, and he makes play after play. Now, if you want to say there's no legit, you know, wide receiver two, then I then agree you, with you. Yeah, yeah. It also hurts that you don't have a, a George Killer right now as well. Right, yeah. So no second option to Debo in the passing game. I'll give you that. But no wide receivers, not buying that one. Problem number three, no defensive backs. I think the defensive backs, finally, it did bite them in this game. And actually, that I kind of disagree with you, Croc, on one thing you've said about the defensive backs. You said that, I, I can't remember how exactly you put it, but it's, it's people pointing out the pass interferences. And you said it doesn't make you bad with the pass interferences. But I say I, it's, you're giving up a big play. It's a terrible play. Like I, I can't get down with that. It's well, like a, it's, it's like an outfielder though. taking a perfect route and standing under a fly ball and then dropping it. You're still a bad outfielder. No, no, it's subjective. It's like a, it's like a, it's like an umpire, right? Like his strike zone sometimes is wide, sometimes it's tight or whatever, and you can have the same pitch and hit it in the same spot. And him call it two different ways. One time he might call it a strike. One time he might call it a ball. And you got the batter looking at you like, dude, I don't know what to do. That's like passing interference to me. Now, sometimes it's right down the middle and you and you look and it's like, damn, I should have swung. It went right down the pipe. That's on you, right? But there are times where, you know, the pitcher throws it right outside the strike zone. And if the umpire is a little inconsistent with how he calls it, that's kind of like passing interference. And I think sometimes that happens with defensive backs. So, Yes, it's an issue, the pass interference, but sometimes it's kind of subjective. Like, I've seen players, uh, defensive backs, be extremely physical with guys, and then there is no call. You know what I'm saying? So I don't don't look at it like, oh, you have these pass interference calls, so you suck and you can't cover. When I look at the 49ers guys, 
I don't think on a down and down basis there's an issue with them covering, and I don't think any of these guys are getting picked on. They're just getting these flags downfield, and it's unfortunate, and it does have to change, and you do have to do something about it, and you do have to fix it, but I don't think that necessarily means that you suck. I think it means you suck if you're getting PI all the time. <laughs> I, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing it. I, just, I am too. I, don't, I am. I, I think it's a symptom of sucking when you when you panic at the end of the of play. So I, I will say that. If you're somebody who's always grabbing on, always panicking, you can't turn your head and find the ball, I think that's bad. That's bad cornerback play. But you know, if it's like you're getting a little hand fighting and the, the receiver, like the, the Norman route where Pittman's got his hand out and, and you're and they, call, they flag one of the guys for that, it's like, ah, I, I hate well, that. Well, think about the – Remember Lenore, he got called for pass interference in the Packers game on a slot fade, and I thought his coverage was terrific, and they called the flag. Um, you know, uh, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, he's been flagged. The one where he, like, bear-hugged Pittman, right. yeah, that was a flag. Yeah, you can't but do that. But there's been some other times where he's been in terrific position and he made plays on the ball. Everybody, oh, he never gets his head around. Uh, not true. I can show you plenty of examples this year of – of uh, Mosley breaking up several passes, getting his head around. It just so happens a couple times he's gotten caught in kind of this weird little spot. And yeah, so I don't, it's t- I, again, I don't, if, if a guy's just getting ate up and he can't cover and the guy's just routing them up, yeah, he sucks. That hasn't been the case for these guys. It's just uh, a couple times a game they've been downfield and it's like, oh, they're going to throw it or they're not going to throw it. There was a time on against the Eagles where it was uh, Lenore and Ward in coverage. And Lenore kind of like broke the ball up. And, and you know, you could tell he's looking around, Ward's looking around, and they don't call a flag. But they could have easily been called, like, you know, a PI. Yeah, they're, they're waiting for it. They're like, where's that flag? I know it's somewhere. Right. You, know, you see what I'm saying? So that's why right. it's like. No, I understand I, you that. Know, I, yeah. Uh, number five, he said, well, actually, we were at. Yeah, number four, no creativity in play calling. So here's what I would say. When you start talking about wide receivers, you start talking about running backs, and then no creativity in, in play calling. Don't you think a really good quarterback would make up for all of those things? So that's why I would say, yeah, I mean, there's there's some truth to some of these, but I think it all comes back to quarterback. But there is some of that with the – and there's a lot of creativity with the play calling, a lot of motion, a lot of stuff going on, but – that's one of the th- I wouldn't say creativity is the problem with Kyle Shanahan. I would say the problem Kyle Shanahan's offense sometimes when it's going well is so beautifully orchestrated and there's guys wide open and everything's looking nice and pretty. When it's not going well, it reminds me of like a crowded elevator where, you know, like you're at a restaurant and you're wandering around looking for the bathroom, you take a wrong turn, you end up in the elevator and then there's someone in there with the you know, on crutches, and then there's uh, bus boys coming through, like rolling the cart, and like you, you just can't get out of the way, and everyone's like in each other's way, and it's just all yeah. you know condensed into this one elevator. That's what Kyle Shanahan's offense feels like when it's not working well. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, we've been we've seen plenty of that this year. Yes, number five, he says, was the early exit and early vacation for the team this year. That's looking like. Um, it's looking more and more likely, but not done. They, they've got an opportunity here to still win a whole bunch of football games. So we'll hope number five is not the answer, and it'll be probably the rest of those that, that have to help that not happen. Here we go. Wilting Pumpkins. I wonder if that's like a, a Smashing Pumpkins cover band or something. Wilting Pumpkins for your mailbag. Why the free pass for Debo? I understand he played great, but he also had two very costly turnovers, which turned into two touchdowns for the Colts. Thanks in advance. Thank you, Wilting Pumpkin, for the question. What do you think? Like, it's hard because that's why last night when we did the post-game pod, I asked you, it was like, Debo Samuel, question mark? Instead of saying, Debo Samuel gets a game ball, I said, Debo Samuel, question mark? Because, yeah, one of those balls went, the the play we're going to break down on Croc Talk TV a little bit later 
that bounced off Debo. That should be a catch. Um, and then he fumbled. So two big turnovers in that game, right? But, I mean, he's the only guy making plays. They're putting him a kick returner because they can't get anybody to do anything else for their football team. And he almost broke both of them, by the way. Like, I kind of liked him back there. I, I don't think he yeah. should have that much of a workload. He's already got 40-whatever percent of the targets on offense. But, man, uh, he, it looked like he was about to break one of those kick returns last night, too. So, like, um, even with the turnovers, imagine if there was no Debo on the field, they'd still be worse. If yes the the fumble is bad and that's the second fumble of the season uh if you make plays like consistently i'm more forgiving you know so it, it would be the same with a quarterback right like if you throw a pick or you fumble the ball in the pocket but then you're making plays all over the place like i can i can forgive you for your hiccup now if debo fumbled and whatever results in two turn whatever the case is and he's not making the plays and again not not saying that that's okay. Obviously, you don't want that, but I'm not gonna like knock him a lot because he's the main reason the 49ers were still in this game, catching fluttering passes that were going supposed to be going downfield. They end up going 40 yards short, and he jumps up in the middle of everybody and catches the ball, breaks a tackle. And again, like you talked about the kickoff returns, and he's your best kick returner, and he's taking it past the 30 every time. And he's just so pivotal to the offense. And he's so pro- he's been so productive, and he's been so consistent with his production. It's hard to really just really knock him. All right, fantastic stuff. Sorry if we did not get to your question, but I hope everybody uh, has a little bit more clarity about this team and maybe feels a little bit better. I don't know how much therapy there was going on. More venting probably than therapy in this one. But look, the season's not over. the The Forty Niners are two games behind five hundred. Once they get to 500, they're going to be with some other teams that are about 500 and competing for some playoff spots. This season is absolutely not over. There's some things they absolutely have to fix and get right after four straight losses. And this Chicago Bears team starting to look a lot like maybe that get-right game for the 49ers. Will it be Jimmy G? Will it be Trey Lance? I mean, Croc, we, circ- we circled this one when the uh, right after the draft when the, the schedules came out. Trey Lance versus Justin Fields. I want to see it, man. I want to see it. Give it to me. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan is going to give it to it. Give, give it to he, us. Though. He not. Thanks for all the questions. Thanks to everybody for making us your first listen every day. Go check out Croc Talk TV. A little special film sesh episode coming up there with me and Croc. And of course, Crocker and I will be back here tomorrow. A little Winky Wednesday. Talk to you then. Locked on 49ers.